We talking hoops season two. Let's go. What up, though? It's your coach. Who talks hoops the most? It's Coach Cam with the podcast flow. Jump shot is still wet and the podcast goes. Talking hoops all day, worldwide, across the globe, overseas to the league. Big 10 to the GLIAC, AU to high school and any gym that he at. Highlights, offers, who's about to transfer, was coach getting hired? Coach Cam's got the answer, he's that dude. Too cool, so smooth with the hoop news. Every week we talking hoops, this is season two. So buckle up for this ride, that's what you need to do. Cause we talking hoops, yeah. It's your coach that knows hoops the most. Coach Cam, we talking hoops. Episode 7, feeling like heaven is back at you, man. We got a lot of hoops to cover. I know it's been a little over uh, 10 days, a little over a week. So that means we got a lot of basketball to cover, man. We're going to talk about the NBA. Of course, uh, Zion's coming back this week. Let's tell you what I feel about that. College conference play has started in the GLIAC and the Big Ten. Definitely going to cover that. We had a big article this weekend blaming AAU. So you know I got to cover that. I gotta cover that. We're gonna talk college hoops too. A little Gleak and Big Ten. I'm gonna pull the curtain back. I'm gonna bring that segment, pull the curtain back. This week we're gonna talk recruiting. So, and then of course we're gonna talk the Horatio Williams Foundation Freedom Classic that was last night that I wrote an article on. So, you know, let's get right into it, man. We gonna talk hoops. This is my birthday edition. Today is my 39th birthday. And I figured the only thing I really wanted to do today. I uh, didn't want to go to the club or nothing to get get all, you know, uh, riled up and, and, and all of that. Only thing I really want to do is drop the pod. I'm like, I wanna, I'm going to drop the pod on my birthday, man. I'm going to drop it on my birthday, write a couple articles when I can. But if I'm going to do nothing because, you know, I got some fans out there. I do. Every time I go to a game and I go check out some, some teams, I bump into somebody like Coach Cam, man. I'm feeling the podcast, but um, where it's at, though? I need, I need that pod, man. And, you know, and I got some good compliments over the weekend. Bumped into a good friend of mine. Shout out to BJ. He said, man, you need more people listening to your pod, man. You dropping some jewels on there. You dropping some jewels on there. You talking some good basketball. You should have more than 45, 50 people listening to your podcast. So, BJ. And then he called me out. He's like, where the pod at, bro? I'm, I'm, I need that. You know what I'm saying? So, holla at my guy, BJ. And usually when I get called out, I usually either that night or the very next day, I drop the podcast. So, that was last night. I bumped into him. And, you know, I'm about to drop the pod. So let's start off with the NBA. We back at it. We bringing the NBA back. And Big Zion is back, baby. The big ticket. Louisiana, New Orleans, the Pelicans. The big ticket is down there, baby. January 22nd tomorrow, he's going to make his debut. I said he should have shut the whole season down. I don't know why he's coming back now. I thought he should just shut it down, but he's coming back. So what does that mean for the Pelicans? It means Brandon Ingram's numbers are going to go down. Brandon Ingram's numbers are going down. Right now, he's he's set sixth or seventh in the league in scoring. He's averaging 25.6 points per game. Now, can he still get those numbers and Zion get his touches, get his numbers? He very well can. But I want to see the dynamic because they kind of play the same position. Zion's not a three. You got to play him at a four. Brandon Ingram, you ain't playing him at a three and you ain't playing him at a five. So you're playing him at a four. So you play him. Both players on the floor at the same time, they getting shots in the same spot. Somebody got to give something. And I hope it's not Brandon Ingram because you're getting all-star Ingram. He should be an all-star in the East this year. I think they're in the East. Yeah, they're in the East. Brandon Ingram should be an all-star. I don't care if it's East or West. He should be an all-star. 26 points per game? I mean, he's been putting up buckets. But with Zion coming back, can he still put up have that same production with the big fella coming into the lineup? And I think he can. 
I think he can. And with the Pelicans right now uh, sitting just outside the, the, the playoffs, well, no, they're not just outside the playoffs, but you know what I'm saying. Um, I want to see how they, how they do with Zion and Ingram. I want to see how this dynamic is mixed up, you know, how, how, how they play. To, can they play together? Can they play off the ball? Can they share? Can they, you know, I want to see it, man. I want to see it. I want to see how Zion looks. I mean, he looked well in, in summer league. I wasn't a huge Zion fan. I wasn't. I was more John Morant over Zion well over in the summer. But it was a lot of people in the summer talking about Zion was the damn near the next LeBron. And I ain't going to go that far. I thought he would be a decent NBA player. And he had a good summer. So we're, we're going to see about Zion. He makes his debut this week. Um, we're going to see. We'll see what he's going to do and how he's going to take the Pelicans going forward. Now, is there trouble in Houston? Is there trouble in Houston? I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. They started off real hot. Harden and Westbrook started off real hot. They was one, two, or three in the West. Well, there was two or three because the Lakers been up top the whole time. They were second or third in the West, and they was killing it. Westbrook was killing it. Harden was killing it. Now, in January, we're getting close to the All-Star break, and you look at the standings, and they're sitting at number six. They're sitting at a six seed right now. And is there trouble in Houston? You know, I was seeing a report like they was thinking about uh, trading Westbrook, which would be silly, but it's understandable because he's not shooting a great percentage from three. He's not shooting a great percentage from the floor. His turnovers are up. And not to say he's not a great player. He's a great player. I just don't think him and Harden are a good mix. Harden is an ISO player. Westbrook is kind of an ISO player too. Two players can't have a ball at the same time. They can't. So unless Harden, and he's been struggling from three lately. I mean, the last month has been his lowest month from the three of any month of the season. He's still getting the, he's still getting the buckets. He's still scoring. But it ain't translating the wins like it was early on in the year. Early on in the year, he was shooting a high percentage from three, which means if he's shooting 23s, he's making nine or ten of them. Well, I won't say nine or ten, but he's making six or seven. Well, now he's shooting 23s, he's only making five or six. It's not a great position. I mean, percentage. So I just want to know, is there trouble in Houston, man? Because it's getting close to the All-Star break. Somebody be, might be looking to make a deal. I know Clint Capella better be like, all right, what we going to do? Because, you know, I hope y'all ain't trying to ship me somewhere. You know, I just, I'm just saying there might be trouble in Houston because this Westbrook and Harden, it ain't really working out. Not as the sixth seed. If they was one, two, or three, yeah. But at the sixth seed, nah, it ain't working. It ain't working. So they're going to have to figure something out. Harden's going to have to shoot a better percentage from three. And Westbrook is going to have to shoot the ball a lot better as well because both guys aren't shooting the ball at a high clip. They're shooting at a high clip. They aren't making at a high clip. And in order for them to be successful in the top three teams in the West, those two guys got to make shots. Now, I don't normally talk about my hometown teams, but I'm a hometown guy. Seven Mile, West Side, Northwest Detroit. That's me, man, all day long. So my teams are the Pistons, the Lions, the Tigers. You already know, the Titans, and they all suck. All of them. Every single one of my teams suck, man. But it's all good, man, because I'm a loyal fan. I like who I like, man. I like who I like, and you can say what you want. I'm a Pistons fan. What are my Pistons doing, man? What are we doing? We talking about trading Andre Drummond. The guy we need to be talking about trading is Reggie Jackson. That's the guy we need to get out of town. We need to get Reggie Jackson out of town, not Andre Drummond. We need to figure out 
how to play with Andre Drummond, how to get him off of the perimeter and inside the paint because he's top five rebounder in the game. So you can't just trade one of the top five rebounders in the game. I mean, the other night he had 17 rebounds. You just have to adjust to how you play. Now, Ben Wallace, Ben Wallace wasn't great inside. He was not an offensive threat. He was a defensive threat, and he was a rebounding threat. He was getting the rebound. That's what Drummond does. Stop thinking Drummond about to get you 35 and 20. He's not. Let him get 15 and 17 tonight. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. But I don't want to see Andre Drummond hanging out after the games shooting three-pointers like my dog. You seven foot, man. You seven foot trying to do a hezzy jump. That's not your game, man. Dominate the paint. Dominate the paint. But why are we trying to trade Andre Drummond? And then I'm here, we're trying to, we, we thinking about looking for offers for Derrick Rose. Hey, Detroit, if anybody is listening to this podcast, anybody that has anything to do with the Detroit Pistons Association, please, whatever you do, do not get rid of Derrick Rose. I don't care what you get for him. I don't care. Now, if you bring Devin Booker, you bring Devin, I mean, if you can package up uh, D. Rose and Andre Drummond for Devin Booker and say, like, I don't know, uh, Kelly Oubre, let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. But I know Phoenix would never make no deal like that. But, I mean, if you're going to bring Devin Booker back to Michigan, I'm all for it. But, I mean, just leave D-Rose alone. D-Rose, the most consistent piston on that roster right now. Reggie Jackson got to go. Just just take Reggie Jackson and his bags. Got to go. And let's go find a point guard somewhere, please. Because the point guard spot is just, oh, it's so, it's so brutal. I, y'all don't even want to look at it. It's so bad. And he got Blake Drummond. I mean, Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin is, is done for the season, had knee surgery, uh, decided to get surgery and shut it down. So, like, the, the Pistons are really going to have to decide what are they doing. If they're going to rebuild, if they're going to rebuild, then, yeah, you got to ship Drummond. You got to ship Rose and just start from scratch, start from the draft. But the, the kind of guys that's coming out the draft aren't franchise guys now. I mean, LaBella Ball, yeah, I, I can see that. Anthony Edwards is a huge talent. I can see that, but he ain't. You know, James Wiseman is a huge talent, but he ain't franchise changing. Um, there's some guys in the draft. I'm not quite sure if franchise changing this year's draft. Now, nah, Mighty Bates, two years, if he improves, he could be franchise changing. You know, you start to get guys like that, then, then yeah, Jalen Green after a year, is he franchise changing? I, I don't know. But I'll tell you this. They're going to have to do something. They're going to have to do something because right now they're just teetering between, all right, we're just going to hover the fence a little bit, and we're going to see how this goes if we win a few games or not. I mean, right now they're sitting at the ninth seed. So they could potentially they could make the playoffs, but they'll be playing the Bucks in the first round, and it'll be a sweep like it was the last time. So I'm going to need my Pistons to decide what they're going to do. All right, one of the top, 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 top duos that I like watching this year. It's John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr., J3. Oh, my goodness. These three, these two young boys, they putting in work for Memphis, man. They putting in work for Memphis. Uh, they're two games under 500 for the year. Uh, they started off in the hole a little bit because they're just trying to figure their way out. But John Morant is a stud, man. He's a stud. He's rookie of the year. He's rookie of the year. I don't care what Zion does in the next four or five months. John Morant is the rookie of the year if he stays healthy. He stays healthy, and he's been putting up the numbers. What he's done all year, he deserves the rookie of the year. I don't care what Zion does. And Zion might come in crazy. 
he might come in crazy, even though I don't. I think it's going to take him about a month to get in basketball shape because he's a little heavy. He's a little heavy, and guys are in shape now, and they're going to take advantage of that. So, John Morant, man, I mean, that package, just understand, these two guys are 20 years old, man. They are 20 years old. So they can spend 10 years together and still just be 30. 10 years. That's three max deals or two and a half. I mean, these guys, man, that they're exciting to watch. John Morant got the ball on the string. I mean, he's handling like Jason Williams, white chocolate. He throwing it behind the back, between the legs. He got the scoop and the score. And then he coming in and he just dunking it down the lane too. I mean, he's just he's got the he's got the whole package, man. He's got the whole package. And when I said when he was at Murray State that he was dangerous with a ball screen and in open space, he's just doing it. Now he's doing it. And they say it's easier to score in the NBA. Because guys just don't, you know, they know how to play with space. And it's harder to play defense, especially for 40 minutes a night when you expected to get 20, 25 points too. So, John Moran, but, but Jaron Jackson, man, let me give some credit to, to, to Jaron Jackson too because not only, he's his, his game has gotten better every year, all right? Every year that he since he left Michigan State. And can you believe when he was at Michigan State, Tom Izzo had him benched in the game that they lost in the NCAA tournament. He didn't play him in the second half. He only played 15 minutes in that game. And for a guy to go from his last collegiate game to being a loss where he only played 15 games to where he's averaging 18 points in the NBA, I mean, that's a huge improvement gap. Huge improvement gap. And it shows that guys can get in the gym, they can work on the game, and they can get better. Jaron Jackson is one of those guys. He's been in the lab. I don't know who he's been in the lab with. I probably do. I, I got a good guess. But I'm telling you like this. It's proof. You can get in the lab. You can get better. And he's about to get a bag. So what are my thoughts on Chris Paul and the Oklahoma City Thunder, who just beat Houston last night for the second time this season. He's big, basically giving them the big UFU. Like, oh, so you're just going to trade me? Yeah, yeah, I'm going crazy every time I see you now. I'm going crazy every time I see you. And that's what Chris Paul is doing, man. He's got the Thunder at the seventh seed. If you had told me before the season started that the Oklahoma City Thunder would be sitting in the seventh seed with a chance not only just be in the playoffs, but to be in the thick of it. I mean, they really just like two or three games. They're four games out of the fourth seed. I mean, they're in the thick of it. They're in the thick of it. And a lot of that is due to Chris Paul. I got to give him some credit. I've been hard on Chris Paul about me calling him a talented loser. And he's just one of those guys that just gets stats and gets buckets, but ain't getting dubs. He getting dubs this year. He's getting dubs this year with a team that was that's under the radar. Shao Gildress Alexander is a stud, another young stud in the game. I mean, they're playing some good basketball, so you better watch out for that team. Oklahoma City Thunder, you better watch out. Chris Paul is playing some very good basketball, so shout out to the Thunder. Now, I'm going to talk about Trey Young. Not for a whole long. It's not going to be a, a long Trey Young bit. I'm just trying to understand, right? He's averaging 29.2 points per game. I'm just trying to understand Atlanta, Atlanta Hawks. How can this man score 42 points, have 15 assists, and you lose the game? How? Like, how does that happen? It happens because the roster around him isn't built for a high-level score. It has to be it. If you're going to have a guy like that that can put up production like this, you got to be surrounded by guys that can make shots to get the assist and some guys that can get some stops, at least at, at the very least be able to play some defense. They can't guard their own shadow. 
I mean, they are bad defensively. I saw a clip where they were playing Houston, and God catches on the wing, and he just dead sprints right to the basket for a No help side, no help or recover, nothing. Just catch, one dribble, layup. And I'm like, what kind of defense are they playing? No defense at all. I think they were playing Houston. It was either uh, Harden or I can't forget who it was that he did it on. But it was just like, are these guys playing any kind of defense? So the Atlanta Hawks, man, I'm going to need y'all to get it together. Y'all got one of the best young players in the game right now in the Trey Young. He's one of the best young players in the game. He should be starting in the All-Star game. He's, if he's not starting in the All-Star game, something is wrong if he ain't starting in the All-Star game. So I'm going to need the Atlanta Hawks to surround Trey Young with some guys, with some grit, with some hunger that can get some stops because ain't no reason why somebody score 42 points and get 15 assists and can't get a win. Like, that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. If I was on Atlanta Hawks roster, if I was one of the GMs, some people would be getting fired. Somebody getting fired. Somebody getting traded. I understand they're young. But come on, man. You can't be having your best player show out and you lose. Like, that's that's not good. And on the topic of showing out and losing, how about Brooklyn? They get Kyrie back last week uh, or two weeks ago. They've played five games and they're one and four on his return. Like, what's the deal, Brooklyn? Like, Brooklyn, what's the deal? What's the deal with you and Kyrie? We talked about it weeks ago. Kyrie Irving is supposed to be the best point guard in the game. You, if you have the best point guard in the game, you should be winning contests. You should. And then now you five games in and you can't win. He's played 16 games in the year. They five and 11 in those games. Without Kyrie Irving, they 13 and 13. And people call me crazy. Like, how are you going to say that Brooklyn is a better team without Kyrie Irving? I'm looking at the stats. It's saying it right here. They're six. They're three games under 500 right now. They're playing 500 without them. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Spencer Dinwiddie. Here's what's going to happen. Spencer Dinwiddie production is going to dramatically fall. Dramatically. Without Kyrie Irving, he's 25 a game. 25 a game. That's max player money stats. 25 a game? Yeah, you get 25 a game, that's max player. That's max player-ish. And you're going to see his production fall when Kyrie Irving comes back and you see that. They can't win a the game. They're 18 to 24 on a year. And they're right now in the AFC, which is still false territory because they shouldn't be there. But, I mean, with Kyrie Irving, with the roster that they have, they should be a better team. And I'm going to need Brooklyn to kind of figure it out, too. Even though they're right in the playoff hunt, you're right in the AC, so they'll probably make the playoffs. But Kyrie and Spencer Dinwiddie, they, they don't play well together. They do not play well together, and I wish that was different, but right now that is not the case. So I'm going to need Brooklyn. I'm going to need y'all to get it together. But that's my NBA take on this week. You know, good looking. Uh, thanks for the birthday shout-outs and all that. But uh, we're going to come right back with the college segment coming up next. It's your coach and knows who's the most Mr. Birthday Boy himself. And we back, man. Now it's time to talk some college. And usually when I talk college basketball, I like to talk about the GLIAC. I like to talk about the Big Ten. We're also going to mix in the Horizon League a little bit. Uh, going to mention the, the MAC and see how teams are doing in the MAC. But the, the logics of my college discussion outside of my pull the curtain segment is going to be the GLIAC in the Big Ten. So let's start with the GLIAC, uh, one of the best Division II conferences in the country. is right here in the Midwest, right here in the Midwest in the state of Michigan. And the number 11 team got popped, man. They got popped. Fair State finally lost the game. And Davenport caught them slipping. Davenport, I'm sorry, Michigan Tech caught them slipping. 
And I've been talking about Michigan Tech all year. They've got one of the best players in the league. They have one of the best uh, depths in the league. They go seven, eight, nine deep. They got shooters. You got a high-level player. You got a guy that can draw and create. I mean, Michigan Tech, I was saying from the beginning of the year, they was going to be one of the top three teams in the league. And look at them. They're the first team to not fare us off to give them uh, a loss on the season. And they're just a tough matchup for Ferris, usually what it is. If Michigan Tech is making shots and making threes, I think they scored over 100 points. If you got enough firepower to score 100 points, you can beat Ferris State. If you don't have enough firepower to score 90 points, you're not going to beat Ferris State. But that's exactly what Tech did. Uh, they outscored them. They outscored them. They made shots. They got to the free throw line. Uh, they made a bunch of threes, and they knocked them off, man. They knocked them off. So that was one of my surprises over the weekend. Davenport has a league win when they won by 36 points, 30-plus 30 points. Whenever you win a conference game by 30 or more points, there should be something to be said about the team that you just played. I mean, 30, you shouldn't lose a, you shouldn't lose a game by 30, all right? And they ain't the players. That's something else. When you start losing conference games by 30 points. I understand non-conference games, but you lose a conference game, an opponent that you know, an opponent that you should have scouted, an opponent that you should have had film on by 30, that means something went terribly wrong. Something went terribly wrong. So shout out to Davenport to not only knock, to having a really good weekend and having a conference win by 30, which is crazy. I ain't even got to say who they beat. Grand Valley is still rolling. They, they ranked, man. They ranked one of the top 15 teams in the country, and they are playing like it, man. They've won five straight games. They're they starting off 8-1 uh, in the GLIAC, and they're number two right now. I mean, they're getting it done. They are get, actually they have the best. They got the best record in the best GLIAC record at eight and one right now. I'm sorry. So Grand Valley, we've been talking about them. They've been getting it done. And Jake Van Tubergen, Jake Van Tubergen has already won four Player of the Week uh, uh, awards already. It's a team you need to go see. It's a team you need to go see. You need to go see Grand Valley. Grand Valley is a very solid basketball team. And you can look around. You can be like, man. Don't really have a whole bunch of studs, and you don't need a bunch of studs. And that's what I try to tell some of these coaches. They think, especially when they're recruiting, we're going to talk about recruiting, that they need five studs to be successful. And you don't. You don't need five studs. You need to be running the right offense with the right players and guys that know how to play the game. You don't need five high-level players. If you got two all-league players on your roster and you're not making the conference playoffs, then you're either running the wrong system or you got the wrong players around those two guys. You, there are enough players in the Midwest. If you're coaching division two basketball, there are enough players in Michigan. I ain't even gonna talk about the Midwest. There are enough very good players where you can put together a very good roster and they ain't filled with all studs. They not. I'm going to tell you right now, there's a kid out right now in Grand Rapids. He doesn't have a single Division II offer, not a single one. His name is Mitchell Wilkerson, Forest Hill Central, 6'5". Kid knows how to play. Doesn't have a Division II offer. I bet, you, I bet you if one school offered him in the GLIAC, the rest of the GLIAC would offer him. He's got all the D3 and NAA. They just drooling over him, and they just hoping that the GLIAC don't get him. But all it takes is one call. If, if I'm Northwood, I'm calling him right now. If I'm Wayne State, I'm calling him right now. But, you know, we're going to get to that in a second. So Grand Valley's playing some very good basketball. Uh, number two in the league is Fair State. So even though they're, you know, they dropped one, they still seven and two in the GLIAC. On third is uh, Davenport. They're at six and three. They've won five straight. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. 
Michigan Tech. Michigan Tech is tied with Ferris 7-2, the team that just knocked the top team off. Uh, they're at 7-2. And in fourth is Davenport at 6-3, and three, and they've also won five straight. So that's the GLIAC. Uh, the top is it is it's at the top. The GLIAC at the bottom, it's not a top-to-bottom the league this year. It's not. Aston is down. Wayne is down. Uh, Northern Michigan is down. I mean, you, you, you name it. There are a few teams that are down that primarily they are used to be used to have been very good teams. And there, there's at least four or five teams that are down. And there are some teams that are circling them like, oh, we playing them. That's a bucket. That's a dub. And it shouldn't be the case. It's really top heavy this year. All right. Now, let's talk about the Big Ten. I told you the Big Ten is the best, the best Division One conference in the country. And the reason why I say that. Is because you have so many high-level teams that on a nightly basis you can get beat. I mean, outside of Nebraska and outside of maybe uh, Northwestern. Outside of those teams, Nebraska and Northwestern. Outside of those two. Everybody else. It don't matter if you home or away, you can be beat. Everybody else. Right now, Michigan State, they're sitting at 6-1. and one. And they've been doing their thing. Now, you, we're going to see what they are made of going into it when they got to play the Indianas and the Marylands back-to-back, and you got to play Wisconsin. Uh, they already played Minnesota and, and did well there. But I'm telling you, they got a rough stretch coming up. You're really going to see what Michigan State is about. But they're doing it so far. I didn't think they were going to run through the Big Ten, uh, but it looks like everybody outside of Michigan State is just slugging it out. You look at Rutgers. Rutgers is 5-2 and two in the league. 5-2 and two in the Big Ten. All right, they're 13-0 and in home. They have not lost a home game. So if I'm going to play at Rutgers, you got a dogfight on your hands. And you're probably looking like, Rutgers? Like, traditionally, like, Rutgers isn't a basketball play program like that. Well, they are this year. It's your coach that knows who's the most. You know, we back at it, man. And I got this segment that I've been doing where I've been pulling the curtain back. And while we talking about college basketball, I got to get into my bag, man. We're going to pull the curtain back. Because some of y'all have no idea about what's going on with recruiting. And this came to like this week. We had a lot of talk about AAU, a lot of talk about high school. And I just want to set the record straight. And I want to give you a coach's perspective, an AAU coach's perspective, a high school coach's perspective, and a college coach's perspective on recruiting. I'm going to tell you everything about recruiting. Everything you might not have known, some things you didn't known, some myths, why some guys get overlooked and things of that sort. So let's start right at the top. What is recruiting? And the reason why I ask that question is really what is recruiting? Well, recruiting is for the high school coach is getting your players exposure, making sure that if you have college level players, they're getting exposed to college coaches. They're getting the opportunity to showcase their skills so that they can play at the next level. That's what recruiting is. From the college coaches aspect, recruiting is getting out on the road, watching recruits, making sure my head coach goes and sees certain guys, making sure I got a list built up of uh, our position guys, what we we need in in what class. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. So recruiting is a lot at the college level. It's a lot to just say, yeah, I handle recruiting. That means you handle a lot. You're not just going out watching games. You're, you're evaluating. You're evaluating players on your board, players that should be on your board, players that are, have been offered by schools in your conference, players that haven't been offered by schools in your conference, players that can possibly play in your conference, whether they've been offered by somebody or not. 
you're just being prepared. So at the at the time where you see somebody and if and it fits good for your system, for your school, you're able to start the process. All right. Sometimes guys get offers on the spot. Sometimes they don't to get an offer. It takes a lot to get an offer. And we're going to cover the offer side there. From the AAU coaches side, recruiting is making sure that my team is at the right events where college coaches are. That's what recruiting is from the AAU standpoint. I want to make sure I'm going to tournaments where my team is being seen. Okay? Because that says a lot. That says a lot. Every college recruiter. Well, I wouldn't say every college recruiter, but a lot of college recruiters have a recruiting board. And... These are the guys they watch throughout the year. A college coach isn't going to go to a game and aimlessly watch games. A scout can do that. A college recruiter is not. So if I'm recruiting for a Division II school, even if I'm recruiting for a Division I school, I'm not just going to the, go to the Horatio Williams Freedom Classic and just watch five or six games, and I don't know who I'm watching. This very specific. If you're good, those games are very specific. So that's why you might see a coach leave. He might be headed to another gym. He might be getting on the road so he can be first in the gym tomorrow to see the guy that he was supposed to see at 8 o'clock in the morning. And he got to drive three or four hours. And you might be like, man, why the coach lead the last game? Last game might be the best game, but he might not be recruiting no guys in that game. It might not be nobody on this board in that game. And you just watching the game just to be a basketball fan. Recruiting from the college level is efficient if you want to be good. It is very super efficient. If you just randomly recruiting players, then yeah, you're just going to go in the gym and you're just going to watch some games. But every school, if you're doing it right, you have a recruiting board. So let's say, for instance, everybody on my team, on my college team, is either freshman, sophomore, junior, or senior. So if I got four seniors... Right. That means that next year I have four available scholarships if those four guys are on scholarship. So that means I could go out. I could get two high school guys. I could get two Juco guys. Bam. They go my four scholarships right there. Or they go my four guys replacing the four guys I'm leaving. What you might have, you might have a couple guys red shirting. Say you got two guys red shirting. That's that's, you know, can earn a full scholarship. Well, if you know you're going to put two guys on full scholarship, well, that means your four guys that you're replacing really only means two. So what two guys are you getting? You look at your depth chart. Man, I got four point guards. I got four twos. I got three wings. I only got two bigs. And both those bigs are seniors. Well, guess what you're going to be recruiting? You're going to be recruiting post players. That's the thing that people don't see. They think that some of these college coaches are just going to games and they're going to AU churches and they're just randomly recruiting players. That's not the case. There might be the case like, Coach, why you haven't offered our guard? Well, I have an all-league guard that's a sophomore. Why do I need to recruit another guard to either sit behind him for two years or to piss him off to make him mad? To think like, oh, coach, I thought I was your number one option. And here you are bringing in another guard to bring in competition for me. I'm not feeling that, coach. How would Drew Brees feel it if you if you came in and you draft Tua out of Alabama or Joe Burrow? Drew Brees going to be like, hold on now. What you what you what you uh, draft the quarterback for? I'm supposed to be the only quarterback you need, even though they did sign Teddy Bridgewater, but this is not a football podcast. We talking hoops, baby, but you get what I'm getting at. You know what I'm saying? There's a depth chart, and you're recruiting certain players if you're smart. And when you go to games, you got a depth chart, and these are the guys you're watching during your game. And if there are games that you're watching AAU High School, and there are guys that you might like, 
Hey, you put them on your list. You go, you watch some tape, you get some more information and say, man, this might be a guy I want to see again. That's how you get a, a lot of guys on your depth chart. And, you know, that's why you go out and recruit. Now, the recruiting calendar, there's a certain amount of time that college coaches can go out and recruit. During the season, a college coach can go anywhere, Division One, Two, or Three. They can go anywhere as long as you're playing a game or you're at the school. They can go anywhere and recruit. So if they're not going to your games, they are going to somebody's games. They're going to somebody's games. And if they're not, they're preparing for their season. They're, they're in league play. In January, you ain't going to see a whole lot of coaches out. I'm just going to be quite honest with you. Because the recruiting coordinator, if you're Division two, not only are you the recruiting coordinator, you're also doing scouts as well. You're also booking hotels. You're doing all type of stuff. So you ain't got a whole lot of time to be sitting in the gym for four or five hours. And they have to drive three four hours home. And then try to spend time with your family. That ain't, that ain't cutting it. You might only have time to watch one game. You know what, my man, I came to watch one game at 8.30, I'm out. There was a time when I was coaching in college, there was a game in Detroit. We had a game at 4 o'clock on a Saturday. The game in Detroit was at 8 o'clock. It was the last game of the night. But they had recruits that we needed to be, we need to see. Coach, I gotta be at this game. The game was done at 6.30, game, game at 8. It takes 90 minutes to get Detroit. I got Detroit at 8.05 or 8.15 to watch the 8.30 game. Right after the game we played tonight, I was still in my in my shirt and tie from the game that we had played that day. I watched one game, went down to Detroit, watched that game, drove right back to Saginaw because we had practice the next morning. That's how it works. You ain't got a whole lot of time to be wasted. So the recruiting calendar during the year, they could go anywhere, anywhere. During the spring and summer, there are only certain live periods that Division One coaches that can go to and recruit and there are only certain periods where Division II coaches can recruit. Division II coaches can recruit right after June 15th. Right after June 15th, from June 15th to the July 31st, a Division II coach can recruit. That means they can come to the Michigan League 25. That means they can go to team camps. That means they can go to AAU events. It doesn't matter. They can be there. Division I coaches have restrictions. Division III coaches, they can be out too. They out of here. In the summer, they can be there. So that's how the recruiting calendar works for coaching. Now, Here's the first topic I want to talk about. Does under-recruited players still exist? Yes. Yes. There was a time where it's like, man, ain't nobody, you're not being under-recruited. Like, ain't no, ain't no diamonds in the rough out here. Yes, it is. There's plenty of diamonds in the rough out here. There's plenty of players out here. Because a lot of these coaches don't know what they're doing. I'm just going to be quite honest with you. They send these, the head coaches, they send these assistants out to these games and these, these assistants, they come back with names and players of guys that can play and they say, ah, nah, we're good. I'm good. I'd rather get a, a JUCO transfer. I'd rather get a D1. Let's wait for a D1 transfer. What we need a high school kid anyway for? That's what they'll say. And you'll sit there and you'll watch Joe Moon drop 40. You'll be like, coach, I, I know we don't need a point guard, uh, but I mean, if, so, if somebody turns an ankle, like, we're going to need a point guard. Somebody is ineligible. We're going to need a point guard. I just watched Joe Moon drop 40 on another Division One guard. He's got one offer. We can get in on him. Ah, now nah, I'm good. I'm, we're going to wait. We're going to wait. So that kind of stuff happens. Under-recruited players happen. And you want to know why? It's because there's more assistants out there recruiting than head coaches. Because head coaches think they ain't got the, enough time to get out there and recruit and get on the road when they do. And you wonder why Tom Izzo get players. You wonder why Tom Izzo get because he if he offers you, you're gonna see him at your game. 
I don't care what level you are. If Michigan State offers you, Tom Izzo is coming to your game. Guaranteed. I don't care if it's AU. I don't care if it's open gym. I don't care if it's during the high school. Tom Izzo is going to come to your game. And he's not alone. Andy Brockema is going to come to your game if he offers you. That's not the case for some of these schools. That's not the case. A school ain't really recruiting them until the head coach show up to your game. That's when you know the school is really recruiting you. If if you have an offer from the school and the head coach ain't been to your game, that offer ain't shit. Excuse my French, but I'm telling you how it is. I'm keeping it all the way 100 a buck. If a school is offered you and the head coach, number one, don't call you. Number two, don't show up to your games. That offer don't mean shit. You might as well just throw it in the trash. That's just another I'm blessed to receive. I'm serious. When the school really wants you, the head coach is the guy that's involved. That's the guy doing the texting. That's the guy that's doing the calls. That's the guy you see at your games. Not one time when you're playing at the, the Motor City Round Ball. That's not the game to go to. The game to go to is the game where you might be playing a lower pressure. It might be a Tuesday night, just some random game. You barely tell them you're coming, and you show up like, oh, wow, I didn't even know Coach such and such was here to see me play. Wow, that actually means something because ain't nobody here to see me. Those are the games that matter. And that's why guys go under-recruited, especially here in Michigan. I'm about to get in my bag right now because it needs to be said. Too many players in the state of Michigan go under-recruited, and then you wonder why they go to a school out of state, and it might not work out, and then they want to work their way back. And then you say, oh, we'll get them on a bounce back. Forget that. Get them when you can. Get them out of high school. I was talking to a, a 2020 recruit that signed to Holy Cross. Just do your, just do the, just do the, uh, the research. He's going to Holy Cross. The mama told me yesterday the reason why he's going to Holy Cross is because nobody in the state recruited him. Holy Cross is Division One school. Now, are they having a great season? No, they're struggling a little bit, but it's still a Division One school. She said, Coach, he had to go somewhere. Nobody recruited him. Holy Cross was the only school that recruited him. So I guess he going to Holy Cross because I ain't paying for school. That's exactly what she told me yesterday. These schools ain't recruiting, man. I don't know what they're doing because some of them obviously ain't winning either. So some of these coaches might be on the hot seat. They might be on the way out. And Coach Cam going to be on the way in. Just pass them my resume to an athletic director or somebody involved. But I'm telling you, that's why guys in Michigan get under-recruited. I'm telling you. It's a 6'5 kid right now. I, I said it before early in the podcast. It's a 6'5 kid in Grand Rapids. Go get him. Go get him. Ain't nobody on him. The big fella from South Lion East, I'm pretty sure there's somebody in the GLIAC that need a big. I'm pretty sure there's somebody in the GLIAC that need a shooter. Trevor Rico drops 47. He ain't got an offer. Now, he a little guard. And I understand he might be able to play Division Three, which probably might be the level he's going to play at. Maybe maybe Division Two, But but you get what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying. Like, there's plenty of kids in the state of Michigan that go under-recruited. There's no reason why Joe Moon leaves the state of Michigan, goes to a prep school, and within 30 days got a Division One offer. And the coaches there, it's like, what are they doing in Michigan? What are they doing? Now, I'm going to have some people say, Coach Cam, why are you going in on the schools in Michigan? Well, that's where I'm from. It's like, well, these guys, these coaches not going to hire you. Well, if, if, if you're talking about it, I'm not talking. I'm, I'm speaking the truth. I'm telling it like it is. 
keeping it all the way a buck. If you don't want Coach Cam to be honest on his own podcast, well, you need to find another podcast because I'm going to keep it all the way 100 because somebody need to tell these coaches when they wrong. Somebody need to tell these coaches to get their butts in the gym to start recruiting because they not recruiting. And you wonder why you got to go to Chicago and get some players. Well, if you got to go to Chicago and get some players, you're showing up to those games. You can't show up to Detroit. Like the games that I saw yesterday, I saw at least 20 college level players. There wasn't 20 college coaches in the gym. I saw at least 20 college level players, at least 20. Two from each team, at least. And I'm not going to tell you, you want, you want to know who 15 of those 20 guys are? Or if you want to know the whole 20, go to ny2lamichigan.com and click on my article. It's right there at the top. Prospects from the Horatio Williams Freedom Game Classic. Written by Scout Cam, a.k.a. Cameron Nichols. I'm just telling you, man. I'm just telling you. That's why kids in the state of Michigan particularly go under-recruited because these coaches ain't out recruiting players. Now. How does a player get an offer? A lot of people think the AAU coaches just got offers in their pockets and they can just pass out offers. And they could call the coach, hey, smoke, man, why don't you just offer my guard, man, quit playing. And sometimes it works like that if they that good. Sometimes it does. If I got a guy that's really that good, I might be able to call smoke. Hey, smoke, man, come on. You need to offer my guy, dog. Offer my guy, man. School in your league just offered him last week. Come on. He's like, you know what? Let me talk to my coach. All right, I'm going to come see him play, and if he show out, you got it. And a lot of times, that's how it happens. But the real offers, the real offers go from the coaches that's doing the due diligence. They go into high school games. They go into open gyms. They see you in AAU. And you, this, how, this, this is why AAU is important. This is why it's important. And we're going to get to the high school versus AAU. I can't wait to cover that topic because it's going down this week. Oh, it's going down. But here's why AAU is important. Because if you're a sophomore or junior, right, and I see you play at a tournament, like, man, who is this kid right here? It's a sophomore. I'm watching 15 and under reach. And I'm like, who is this kid? He, what school he go to? Oh, he go to Edison. Okay, I'm going to put Edison down. I'll make sure I go, go to their open gym in the spring. And then you, you go to another game, you watch the 16U, and you're like, man, what, what school that kid go to, Coach Cam? Oh, he go to Edison, too. Oh, so they got a freshman that's – they got a sophomore that, that can play, and they got a junior that can play. Oh, that's definitely a school I need to go to in my – when I go watch open gyms in the fall. But even before the fall, even before the fall, I might be going to some team games. See, Division two schools, we can go to team camps. So if I'm watching you in the spring and I know you go to Ann Arbor Huron and I know Ann Arbor Huron has an open gym going on, I'm going to pop up. I'm going to pop up. I'm going to see what's going on. I'm going to call Coach Kuali. Wali, send me your team camp schedule. Oh, we're going to be at Michigan. We're going to be at Michigan State. He liked the big ones. We're going to go to Michigan. We're going to go to Michigan State. We're going to go to Butler. I'd be like, Coach, I can't go to Butler. But I'll see you at the Michigan team camp. Guess how many Division II coaches was at the Michigan team camp? It ain't many. I was sitting there. It wasn't many there. And trust me, you get a lot done. You get to see teams in their element. You get to see them. That's how I get my first look on a guy. Like, all right, I saw you in AAU. Then I'm going to see you with your team. And then I'm going to see you in AAU again. And then I'm going to decide in the fall if we really going to recruit you or not. So that's why AAU is important. You talk about AAU is hurting the high school game. No, it's not. Oh, I can't wait to get there. I ain't there yet. I ain't there yet. We still talk about the offer. Okay, 
So here, how's the kid? His start starts in AAU. So I watch you in AAU. I like your game. You're on our recruiting board now. We need a wing. I was watching wings this summer. I watched five wings, and now I'm evaluating how you play versus the other five wings that I like. So, okay, I'm putting you up again. And you might play each other in AAU. You might play each other in high school, which is an even more better determiner. I get to watch Dre Bell go against Eric Williams and figure out, all right, which one am I going to offer? Try to figure out, is Eric Williams William better, really better than Dre Bell? Or is Dre Bell better than Eric Williams? I might be willing to offer both of them if I can, but it all depends on who you coach it for. And that's just an example of just two names I threw out there. I'm not actually making that comparison to when it happened. I'm not. I'm just throwing that out there. But I'm letting you know how it works. So now I go to the game and I'm just going to talk about Dre Bell because I've offered Dre Bell from a college before. I go to Dre Bell. I watch him in AAU. Man, I really like this game. He plays for Allen Academy. Allen Academy is playing at Oakland Team Camp. I go to Oakland Team Camp. I watch three or four games there. I tell my head coach, listen, you need to go watch Dre Bell. Really? What's his name? What number he wear? What school he go to? What's, what uh, AU team he play for? He plays for each coach. Oh, okay. All right. I'm going to go watch him play. And at that moment, if he likes him, like, tell me what you think about Dre Bell. You know what? I think he kind of fits what we're trying to do. Okay. Now we start the process. Right? Now we start talking about a home visit. Now we start talking about getting you on campus in the fall for a football game. Now we start talking about how you fit in our system. So then now you're on our board and we'll tell you, okay, Trey Bell, we offered you, but we offer, we also have offered three other guys that play your position. So just so you know, if you don't accept the offer within a certain amount of time, I mean, any one of the three guys can call and accept the offer and we're going to grant that. We're just letting you know that we're still doing, we're still recruiting. We're still out here recruiting. So if you don't commit, we're going to go out and we're going to try to find a guard. So you offer Dre Bell. You bring him to campus. He's watching. He's at the football game, having fun. He hangs out with the team. You show him the campus and all that. He gets an offer, puts it on the Twitter. Blessed to see an offer from this school that Coach Cam used to coach at. Boom. So now what's next? You got the offer. You got it. But you want to know how you got it? It took four or five months for you to get that offer. In certain instances, in Division I, you might have, you might already have enough staff where you didn't already seen the guy four or five times. John Beeline, the way they do, the way they did recruiting at Michigan is is crazy. They got a rating system, and East Coast got to see a guy a certain amount of times, and you got to grade them, and it's crazy. I mean, his system is crazy, right? And I'm pretty sure some other coaches have that same system in place. I'm just letting you know there's a lot involved that goes into getting the offer, right? But once you get it, what happens now? What happens now? Do you commit? Do you wait to commit? If you wait to commit and they recruit other guys, don't be mad when you call and say, ah, actually, I don't think we're able to accept that offer right now. Or just hold off. Just hold off on committing because we still got some things to do on our end. That means they're recruiting somebody over you and they offered somebody else and they're waiting on somebody else to say, yeah, yeah, I'll commit to your school. So getting an offer is not easy to do. You can't just show up and score 37 on somebody and think you're going to get an offer. However, if that 37 is against another high-level player, chances are you might be able to get an offer. You might be able to get a school to be like, uh, yeah, we'll take him right now. Because there are certain times, there are certain players, when you see them play, 
You're like, man, this, good, this guy good enough to play on my team. You might only seen him two times. Like, he's good enough. Offer him. Some coaches throw around offers. Some coaches, they offer a lot of good players. Offer a lot of good players. Some coaches don't like to offer anybody, which I don't understand why. Why wouldn't you want to offer a good player? Some coaches think, and I'm telling you, this is how some of these head coaches are. Some coaches think, well, if we offer him, he might accept it. Well, silly. Like, we're not recruiting bad players. We're not recruiting players that you wouldn't want on your roster. So why would you be mad if they commit? There was a kid I was, I was recruiting, and it took at least six months for this kid to get an offer. Kid was clearly good enough to play at our level. He was clearly good enough to play on the roster. Why you got to wait six months? Offer the kids. That show, nowadays, the offer shows that the school is interested. That's how they show interest. Like, you not you don't really know a school is really interested in you until they offer you. They offer you, then you're like, all right, bet. Like, they really interested. They, like, they really recruiting me. If the school ain't offered you, they really ain't recruiting you. You just on their recruiting board. That's another tip for you. If the school has not offered you, they recruiting somebody else. They've offered somebody else. They ain't really recruiting you until they've offered you. And once they've offered you, then there are other things that you do. So just make sure when they do offer you or have the opportunity to do so, your academics are in order. You got transcripts. You got ACT scores. You signed up for the NCAA clearinghouse because you cannot do an official visit if you're not on the NCAA clearinghouse and do not have an NCAA ID number. Now, I know some coaches might do it. They might still they might bring guys on campus that uh, they, they, they aren't academically eligible. that aren't going to be a qualifier, which is silly which is a recruiting violation, but I ain't going to say no names. You're not supposed to do it. Some schools do it, but, and then they call it an unofficial visit. He drew it, but whatever, just make sure when you get the offer, that means that that school is really recruiting you. Okay. Oh, one thing I would like to say, these D3 schools, those ain't offers. I'm just going to say that right there. Blessed to receive an offer from Kalamazoo College. That is not an offer. You, they might've gave you an offer sheet, they might have gave you some guidelines or what it would take to commit to go here, but that ain't an offer. All right, an offer is an offer for a full scholarship, not an offer to pay thirty thousand or offer to pay ten thousand. And but the school gonna take care of the rest. That's not an offer. I'm sorry. Offers in my book are up from full scholarship opportunities from a Division One or a Division Two school. So I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> And your coach said, oh, who's the most, man? I just had, I just laughing, man, because I'm sitting here going in on, on, on these Michigan colleges. Man, I hope I get another job <laughs> in this state. They might not ever hire Coach Cam, man. They might be like, man, that boy was going in on the podcast. I'm just keeping it a buck, man, because I call it like I see it. I call it spade, a spade. A spade. A spade ain't a heart. You know what I'm saying? It got cut. I call a spade a spade, and I ain't affiliated with no college program, no high school program, so I could kind of talk and move in a certain kind of way. I'm not disrespectful. I'm not calling out coaches. I ain't saying no names. I'm just keeping it all the way your buck. And there's one thing that I want to talk about before I move on to my high school segment. I want to tell you guys, and I touched on it a little bit. I want to tell you guys the real reason why these Michigan players in the state of Michigan, high school basketball players that can play Division I, Division II basketball in the state of Michigan, why they are choosing to go to other states. 
Well, they're choosing other programs other than the programs that are in Michigan. And here's the real reason. And somebody going to get mad right here. That's if they listen to this. And, 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 if, they, and if the assistant coach, send it to your head coach. I want him to hear it because I ain't talking to the assistant coaches. I'm talking to the head coaches. They don't know you. These high school basketball players don't know you, Mr. Head Coach. They don't know you. You ain't going to their games. You ain't showing up to their team camps. You're not showing up to Michigan Elite 25 if you can, if, it's, if you're available. You ain't showing up to their high school open gym. You're sending the assistant coach. They know the assistant coach really well. These players know a lot of assistant coaches really well. But if you ask them who's the head coach at such and such university, they'd be like, I don't know. And you wonder why they don't know? Because they don't see you. They don't know you. Because you really don't care. At the end of the day, you really don't care. You don't care where you're getting players from. You don't care that whether you get your players from Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, Australia, Germany, Florida. Head coach don't care. He just want players. What I'm telling you, head coach, is you should care. You should care. Because there are plenty of kids in the state of Michigan. And for the Horizon League to be so bad, there are high school seniors right now that can start in the Horizon League. Right now. Now, as freshmen, they can start for them right now. And they were three good teams in the league. Actually, it's really two good teams in the league. The rest of the teams in the league need players. And I'm saying, some of these coaches, these head coaches, need to recruit like they as an assistant coach. So don't be mad at Fair State when Andy Brockema get players. Don't get mad. His ass is at games. He all over the west side of the state. He already know how the game is played. He all over Detroit. He's at games. And you want to know why he's had games? Because he recruits like he's an assistant coach. Because there was a time when he was an assistant coach at Fair State University recruiting some of my players. Best believe he was at the gym before I was. I had a player, Danny Sutherland. He played on their uh, team that went to the Sweet 16 NCAA tournament. They recruited Danny so hard that there were times... When I would show up to practice at 3 o'clock, and they're there at 2.30 already talking to Danny. I'm like, oh, hey, what's up, Coach Sal? That's that Calvin out. Shout out to Coach Sal. Hey, what's up, Coach Sal? What's, y'all already here? You and Brock? What's up, Brock? What's good? Oh, Coach, yeah, we just sitting here talking with Danny, having a conversation before you guys get to practice because we can only watch the first half of practice, then we're going to get out of here. You want to know how many times they came to my games? How many times they came to my practices? How many times they came to my open gyms? And then I had the player had the nerve to tell me that he wanted to commit to Fair State and say that I wonder what other people going to say. I, I wonder what they're going to think, coach. I say, man, you're making your decision. If you want to go there, you go there. And he had all type of Division One interests. He had people from uh, Boston U flying out. Uh, Long Island, they flew out, they watched him work out. He was getting all type of Division One interest. He put a triple-double up on Henry Ford, 28, 12, and 11. Something crazy. He averaged 24 and 12 his senior year. He was every bit of Division One player. Every bit. He could have easily played in the Mac of the Horizon League. But he chose to play in the GLIAC. 
because Ferris State recruited him. Because Cosal was everywhere. I'm pretty sure that year, if we played 20 games, they was at 15 of them. And I'm not, and I'm not joking. I'm being so sincere. So very sincere. There were teams that were recruiting my players. They came to open gym. They came to my games. And then you wonder why those go, those guys recruit to those schools. Don't get mad that my players ain't coming to your school if you ain't recruiting them. Don't get mad. Coach Cam, you ain't seen a, you ain't seen a kid to your alma mater. Well, my alma mater ain't been in my gym. Why I'm sending my players up there? Tell them to come to my gym. I'm just letting you know how it goes down, man. I'm letting you know what should actually happen when it comes down to recruiting. I'm letting you know. So the reason why these kids is leaving the state of Michigan is because these head coaches, they got comfortable. They got great assistant coaches that's going to go out and recruit. And they ain't got to recruit. They telling their wives, I ain't got to recruit. That's what I got my assistant for. I'm sending him to games. What I need to go to games for. I'm telling you right now, if you want the best players, if you want the guys in Michigan to stop leaving the state of Michigan, you need to get out and recruit. You need to be seen. These people need to know your name. They need to see your face. I know plenty of GLIAC coaches, if they went to a game, people wouldn't know who you are if you didn't wear the school shirt, the school polo. They wouldn't know you. If you're going to games, if you're visible in the state of Michigan, you ain't got to wear a school polo. You wear a flannel. They'd be like, oh, Coach Brown, what up? Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's good? How you doing? Doing well. He all over the place. And it ain't just him. It's other coaches as well. How you think Lake State getting players? Well, the head coach is out of games. He out with his assistants, and they out watching games. So don't get mad when these coaches is getting players. The reason why these kids are leaving the state is because the head coaches ain't recruiting them. The head coaches then got comfortable, and they letting assistants do the recruiting. But the AAU coaches and high school coaches, we ain't dumb. We need to hear from the head coach. Well, if we don't see the head coach, if we don't hear from the head coach, the school ain't really recruiting us. I'm talking straight to the head coaches. I hope somebody forwards my pod to them and they might have a problem with it. And I might be on the do not hire list. That's fine. My training going really well. I'm getting really good at the scouting. (laughs) I'm getting really good at the scouting. That might just become my thing. Don't be messing around. I be Mr. Paul Bugardi out here. I mess around, end up on the ESPN. Like, damn, Coach Game on ESPN. I ain't going to go there. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You coach need to get out and recruit these players because if they don't see you at the games, you ain't going to get them. You ain't going to get them, right? And, and it's up to guys like me to start calling these people out and start letting them know that the reason why they're leaving the stage is because you ain't recruiting them because you ain't visible. You ain't at the games. Start going to the games. Start recruiting. Stop leaving it up to the assistant coach. The assistant coach already knows such and such can play. He done told you about them three times. Coach, go see Joe Moon. We need a point guard. Go to Belleville. Call the coach up and call Trump. Go see Joe Moon. We need a point guard. What you waiting on? Ah, well, I got a Juco guy waiting. Forget that Juco guy. Go get Joe Moon. Go get him. Go get him. Because there was an article that B. Artist White uh, uh, published, or it was about B. Artist White that's at Western Michigan. And he said in the article that he was glad that he played AAU because without AAU, the assistant coach would have never saw him to tell the head coach to go see him play. 
And what I'm telling you is it shouldn't take the assistant coach to see him play. It should be you being proactive. Coaches ain't being proactive now. They got too much access to guys like TJ Kelly, Steve Bell, social media, highlights. They get to sit in their office all day long. They put the kids to sleep at 8 o'clock. They go to office, and they can just email and watch highlights and just and do all that. Man, go to some games, man. Be seen. We want to see you, but you don't. And, you don't. and don't get mad when guys don't come to your school either. So that's the real issue of why guys are leaving the state of Michigan because these head coaches ain't going to watch them play, man. They not. They not. And they got comfortable. They, they watched the three guys they offered, and that's the only recruiting they do. Other than that, they watching tape on their team, and they're trying to get better, which is what they should do. But if you're really serious about recruiting, you need to get out and need to be safe. All right. Now, like I said, I was going to get into – this whole high school versus AAU battle that started this weekend. And I'm going to tell you how it started. You had a prominent high school coach, Detroit King George Ward, came out in an article this week on MLive and in the free press saying that AAU is doing a disservice to high school basketball. Where do I start? Well, I'm going to tell it to you like this. And I've coached at all the levels. So I've seen it all. I've coached high school. I've coached college. I've coached AAU. I've gotten guys recruited from high school. I've gotten guys recruited from AAU. And I've recruited guys from college. So I can give you the whole spectrum of this subject, right? And my tweet that I put out the other day kind of explains how I feel on the subject. Let me pull it up. Simple plug. Follow me on Twitter at CoachCam30 for your... We talking hoops tweets. But here's what's, here was the tweet. And a lot of people liked it, retweeted it. They felt a certain way about it. And for right measure, because they should have. Because not to say that I was upset, but I just, I just can't stand how AAU was always to blame. Like that's the easy scapegoat is AAU. It's kind of like saying Donald Trump is an idiot. No offense to my Trump supporters, because it's probably people that listen to this podcast, and, and I don't give, even get into politics. But you get what I'm saying. But here was the tweet. The tweet was, some of y'all really got to chill blaming AAU. That ain't it. If AAU isn't helping you or your game, you picked the wrong program and not good enough for the top ones. So let's dissect that tweet right there. Let's dissect it. Okay, kind of like a preacher in my pulpit and they pick a, a verse to read out. We in Psalms. I ain't going to go there. All right. But you know how they di- they dissect the verse. Let me dissect the tweet. All right. First part of the tweet. Some of y'all got to chill blaming AAU because you do, because it's an easy state. Go Scott, stop blaming AAU because it ain't AAU. It's not travel basketball. That's not the problem. The problem is some of you coaches need to get off your ass and help these players get recruited. Some of y'all coaches don't even tape games. There are coaches right now in Michigan basketball that don't tape every high school game. When you call them, coach, uh, can I get the game? Can I get that game? Do y'all play Clarkson another night? Can I get that game? Oh, coach, I didn't tape it. Well, what you mean you didn't tape it? What you mean I can't get the film? Well, what do you mean? I don't understand. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I can't. What you mean I can't get the, the game link? 
It's supposed to be, all right, coach, I got you. Two seconds, boom. He go to huddle link. He go to crossover link. There's still coaches in the state of Michigan that don't tape their games, right? That's just high school. So some of y'all need to be more proactive in your players being recruited, right? So let me help you out, high school coaches that need a little help with your guys with recruitment. If, if I want my guys to get recruited and in the summer – I'm taking them to Michigan State team camp, Michigan team camp, Butler team camp, DePaul team camp. But I don't have a single player that can play at Michigan State, Michigan, DePaul, or Butler while we playing at those team camps. What's the point of going? Those schools ain't recruiting my players. Why am I taking my players up there for the experience? Cool. All right. Go to one. Not four. Not four. Don't do it. Help your guys out. I've helped guys get scholarships from Division I schools, Division II schools, Division III schools. Well, guess what? Guess who D2 camps I was going to? I was going to D2 camps, D2 games, D3 games, D3 camps. That's how you get guys exposure. But it's AAU problem, and you wonder why coaches don't come to your games. Go to the team camps where you want your guys to be recruited. It ain't about your best player. Stop getting mad that teams or schools ain't recording your best player. What about the other guy that can play at the next level that but could probably play in AI? That has great grades. What about that guy? You ain't helping him get recruited. You ain't helping that guy. What about the kid that might have struggled academically before you got there, but now he has to go to a JUCO? JUCO is live and is livid. It's some players that go to JUCO. Great JUCOs. And go two years and they end up in a better situation than they was before. Juco is a great situation for a lot of players. Ask Corey McKendra, who we had on this podcast last week. It's a great opportunity for guys to showcase their game in front of some high-level talent that might have got under-recruited. That might be a qualifier out of high school. So high school coaches, you need to help. Stop sitting on your butt and thinking these coaches are just gonna come walk in your gym. It ain't gonna happen. You don't ever go to any college games. But you want these same colleges to recruit your players. It don't work like that. It really don't. Because it goes vice versa. It really does. These coaches that don't come in your gyms, don't let them recruit your players. If you really got them like that. So high school coaches, you need to be proactive helping these guys get recruited. You need to have highlight tapes. You need to have transcripts available. You need to have ACT scores. You need to have NCAA ID numbers. You need to know who that counselor is. So if you don't have this information, you can call and have it on the spot. You need to have every game filmed. You need to have every game filmed and have access to it online so you can send it to a coach that night because they ain't messing around. When they call you for game film, I need it now. I got three scouts. I got five players I need to recruit. I need to watch that game film right now. And I call you who ain't got it, you might have missed out. So we're talking high school versus AAU. I'm talking to high school coaches right now. I'm, I'm in my bag right now. So just let's just dissect that. Let's just dissect that. The problem is some of you high school coaches need to do a little bit more. You do. You need to be doing some highlight tapes. You need to have Twitter pages. You need to have a social media presence. You need to be taking guys to college games. Midnight Madnesses. Come on. Don't get mad if these coaches ain't recruiting your players if you ain't doing your part as well. So the second part of this tweet. If AAU isn't helping you or your game, you picked the wrong program. Wow, that's deep. I'm about to dig in on that one. 
You picked the wrong program. Now, there are some very great programs out here, and I'm not going to start naming names and tell you which ones they are. And they're not all EYBL teams. And they're not all Adidas teams. And they're not all UAA teams. I'm going to tell you right now, the Oakland Wolfpack is a good program. And you wonder why Clarkson is good every single year, because some kids go over to the Wolfpack, they get taught how to play basketball, and you wonder why you can't guard Fletcher Lawyer, because all his other teammates learn how to play basketball in the spring and summer, and now they're cutting you up. You pick the wrong program. If you're a high-level player, and you're able to play for a Nike team, able, have the opportunity to play for a Nike team, play for the Nike team. If you're a high-level player, and they ask you to play for the Nike team, and you go to the Nike team and you don't play, you're going to hurt your recruiting. A Division I coach is not going to offer a player they see on the bench. They're not. They're going to offer the guys on the floor. Now, if I'm a low major, if I'm a bad low major, and I go to the EYBL, which you shouldn't be at, but let's just say that we are, and you're there, yeah, they might be recruiting the guys on the bench because they bad. That's the only way. Those are the only guys they're going to get. They're not going to get the guys on the flow because them guys on the flow got too much sense. And they got offers from real schools. Because low majors, it's like a D2. A D2 can recruit EYBL. They ain't recruiting the guys that's playing. They recruiting the guy at the end of the bench. It's like, man, who's that? Who's that? The kid ain't playing. Who's the kid that barely getting the game that's in the layup line? I want to know who that is because I'm going to go watch him in high school. He might mess around and be a stud. I've seen that happen as well. You pick the wrong program. If you if you go to the Nike team and you don't play, you pick the wrong program. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Whether you've been a lifer or not, whether you've been there your whole life, now it's your senior year and you ain't playing, you need to be getting seen and you need to be playing because the coaches ain't recruiting the guys that's not playing. I didn't see the guy have to play football in college because he playing on a Nike team. And he ain't getting in the game. Well, if you're not getting in the game and you're not getting better, and then you go to your high school team and you're playing football so you're not around for everything, and then during the year you think you're going to work on your game during the year to get better? Ain't happening. You just sat the whole spring and summer. You picked the wrong program. And not to say the Nike's the end-all, be-all. Because, okay, say you don't go to the Nike program. That's fine. You can go to the Adidas program. You can go to the UAA program. I'm going to tell you like this. You need to go to the program that's going to make you a better player and put you in a good situation to get better and to put you in front of some coaches. If you're playing for a program that's playing in low-budget tournaments, traveling all over the country but far away from your home base, and it's not an Adidas, it's not Nike, it's not UAA, you're kind of off the circuit, and you're not playing in front of Michigan coaches, don't be mad when those Michigan coaches don't offer your players. Don't get mad. Because I'm going to tell you what, the GLIAC ain't traveling to Louisville to watch you play. If they are, then they're really recruiting you. But you might get one or two. You might get a Grand Valley there. They got the budget. You're not getting some of the other teams. Because they ain't got the budget. Like, man, I, I'm going to pick going to Fort Wayne before I go to Louisville, Kentucky, Kentucky might be seven, eight, nine hours away, and Fort Wayne might just be four. You pick the wrong program if you ain't playing. You pick the wrong program if you're not putting your players in front of coaches. 
if you go to an event in the spring and there's no coaches there and that same whoever running that tournament has the same tournament in the summer at the same place, you can't expect that there will be coaches there. And if you go and you got a high level player and you know that there is going to be coaches that are not going to be there, don't get mad when they don't recruit you because they didn't see you. They didn't see you. They're not coming to your high school. They come to see you in AAU. So if you go to the wrong program, if you go to the wrong tournament, you pick the wrong program. Just saying, keeping it all the way a buck. All right. Let's dissect the last part of this tweet. Last part of this tweet, or you're not good enough for the top ones. Oh, man. It's a lot to unpack in that one. There are plenty of kids out there that can't play for the Nike team. There are plenty of kids out there that can't play for the Adidas team. There are plenty of kids out there that can't play for the UAA team. But guess what? There are plenty of schools that don't go to any of those events. Not a one. I didn't go to a single EYBL event. You want to know how many EYBL players was in the league while I was coaching? Maybe four or five. And I, reco- and I recruited two of them. It ain't a whole lot of EYBL players playing Division II basketball in the GLIAC. It ain't. So it's not smart for a Division II coach to go watch EYBL basketball because you fishing. You really fishing because all them kids think they high-level D1. They all do. Oh, I'm D1. And you look up their profile on Twitter, D1 mentality, underscore D1 or nothing, underscore I'm D1 all day. That's a Twitter feed, and you're a D2 coach like, uh, Coach, their, their Twitter handle is D1 all day. You think he going to go Division 2? Hell no, he ain't. He ain't even thinking Division 2. And his head coach ain't even – Mentioning Division 2, he ain't even returning Division 2 calls. I'm digging in my bag right now. If you don't want to hear about recruiting, you might as well turn this podcast off right now. Right now. Because this AAU high school bullcrap need to stop. It needs to stop, man. Stop blaming AAU high school coaches. And AAU coaches, why don't you go to some high school games? Why don't you develop some relationship with some of these high school coaches so they ain't so so they know the good and the bad. I didn't get an appreciation for AU until I started coaching AU. The moment I started coaching AU was in 2012. I had some juniors that were about to be seniors. Jalen Sims was one of them. Jonathan Southern was another one that played at Tiffin. Right? And I'm like, you know what? I want to spend the summer with my guys. Because, I mean, they're great kids. They got great grades. They've been putting in work. I want to help out with their recruiting. And I just want to coach them for the summer because, you know, my gosh, man. So we're going to get out. We're going to get it in. And then I had no idea that AAU was the way it was. I had no clue. No clue. We go out. We play in King James tournament. We have a good showing. And we play the Atlanta Celtics. The Atlanta Celtics was 6'9", 6'11", 6'9", 6'10". Swear to goodness, they point guard was 6'7". I mean, this team was good. I seen at least 70 coaches. Well, I wouldn't say 70. All right, I'm, I'm exaggerating. Let's just say 30 coaches. And we sitting there, and I'm talking to my homie Greg, and I'm like, gee, uh, I just, it, it, all them coaches came to watch us? He said, they ain't come to watch us. They came to watch them. And I looked at the other team. I was like, oh, we got a problem. <laughs> we got 
not a problem. Them dogs got six nines for days. And then the game was over and they left. And not a single coach said anything to any one of our guys except one. You want to know why? Because he was a bucket getter. And he started getting buckets. And there was a couple schools like, who is that? He got some grades. Greg like, uh, I don't know. But they like, man, that kid can play, man. We had a couple guys like, man, that kid can play, man. Give me a call. Because that's how it works, man. That's how it works. I didn't understand how AAU works until I became an AAU coach. So high school coaches, I'm begging you, stop pl- blaming AAU. And the guy says, blame AAU is AAU coaches. How you a high school coach and you AAU coach and you blaming AAU? That's not how it works, man. That's not how it works. We putting coaches against each other, especially a lot of them are black in the inner city. And we're trying to do the best for our kids, whether they high school or AAU. And then now we just started a whole East West West Coast battle between coaches when we didn't even need to do that. Invite the AAU coach to your high school games. Have some of your players deliberately go and play for a high for a, an AAU program that know that means well. Juan Young is going to call me every spring. Hey, yo, Cam, I got a couple players for you. Because Juan know I'm going to take care of his guys. Coach Flo is going to call me. Cam, I got you one. Because I'm going to take care of his guys. I'm not going to make sure he transfer. I'm going to make sure he's being coached. I'm going to give him shell drill in practice. We're going to practice. We're going to get better. I'm going to take care of his guys. But I'm going to need the AAU coaches and the high school coaches to drop their egos at the damn door and start working together. Because that's why these coaches in Michigan ain't recruiting our players. They don't know who to talk to. They talk to the high school coach who don't talk to the AAU coach. And it's like, how do I get this kid when the high school coach saying one thing, the AAU coach is saying another, and they ain't on the same page. And mama, daddy ain't around. So like, it's too much now. Now it's just like, all right, I ain't dealing with it. And I'm going to recruit somebody else that's more recruitable. So now we didn't put the high school coaches against the AAU coaches when we need to be working together, man. We need to be working together. But we're too busy blaming AAU. I know way better AAU coaches than some of y'all high school coaches. The mass majority of y'all. But it's AAU fault. I know more AAU coaches that get kids in school than high school coaches, but it's AAU fault. I'm serious. This head coaches right now, they got tons of experience. They've been to Breslin. That's been winning games. They coaches ain't, they players ain't going to four-year schools. They barely going to Juco. But you blaming AAU. And when I'm a high school coach, you want to get mad at me for not winning the championship. But my kids is going to school. My kids got good grades. They passing the test. Oh, well, Coach Cam, well, you, you coach at an academic school. They still got to go to class. They still got to be held accountable. They all ain't smarty artists. i tell you that right now. They ain't. Some of them, you got to treat like, hey, man, look, show me your homework. Show me that test grade you got last quarter. You got to see, all right, we need to do this to make sure you don't get a D to make sure you be eligible. There was a reason why my guys, they not only went to four-year schools, they graduated college. They started families. They're living very, very, very well. Some of them making more money than me. I follow them on Twitter. I follow them on IG. And when I make it be it, I'm going to be hiring to be my lawyer. I'm just I'm telling you how it is. 
I am. So don't get mad at AAU. You're not even getting your kids in the school. And I'm not just talking to a coach in particular. I'm not talking right to George Ward. I'm not. That's my guy. Gee, that's my man's Michigan Elite 25. But the article that came out saying that AAU was a disservice to high school is a disservice to what AAU does for inner city kids in the neighborhood, especially in Michigan, because the MHSAA ain't helping none of these inner city kids out. We can't even play with a shot clock. We still playing 20 games. We can't travel outside of 300 miles. We can't be on TV. We might have the best team in the country and don't nobody on ESPN see it. Unless they come to Michigan. So you want to be mad at AAU. The people you need to be mad at is the MHSAA. Then the people you need to be mad at. Don't be mad at AAU coaches. Don't. It's not AAU fault. So the last part of, the, of my tweet was you're not good enough for the top ones. You're not good enough for the top ones. Everybody does, can't play on a Nike team. They can't. They can only take a certain few, and they have to take the top guys because Nike cutting the check. And if you don't make it to Peace Jam three, four years in a row, you get treated like the gauchos, and you get ousted. Like, y'all ain't in it YBL no more. Y'all ain't got no players. Y'all got to go somewhere else with that. So the top top teams, especially Nike teams, especially sponsor teams, they have to get the top players. But if you're not one of those guys, there's still opportunities for you to play and get exposed. But if you didn't go to the right team, if you didn't go to the right program, that's your fault. That's your fault. I'm telling you. And something... Here's another thing. We talk about high school versus AAU. Some of y'all are in your own way. High school coaches and players coach. Some of y'all not D1. A vast majority of you guys are not Division I basketball players. But you won't return a coach or you won't return a call from a D2 coach. You won't return an email or a text from a D2 coach. You won't even smile at a D3 coach but you got no offers you got no interest but the little interest you do get you want to frown upon I'm going to tell you players right now all you guys that think that you're under the radar and not being recruited is some of your fault and I'm not just talking about the program you picked I'm talking about not returning the call when a coach calls you not returning the text when a coach texts you. Such and such. This is Coach Such and such. Coach Smith from the Division Three Coast. Saw you play today. You had a great game. We'll love to talk about you recruiting. Nothing. Coaches talk. So if I'm hollering at a guy and he won't even return my call and he's on my buddy D3 and I talk to a D3 coach all the time and he on his board, I'm like, you recruiting that player? He won't even return my call. He won't even speak to me. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, he won't. So if he ain't going to return my call, he really ain't going to return yours, even though he really should be playing at your level. I'm just trying to get him on campus so he can see a game. But you're the one that's really recruiting him. Like, man, he, he ain't trying to play college ball like that. It's D1 or nothing. And them D1 or nothing guys, 
Like, come on, man. Open your horizon. Open your options. If Division One is your only option in the state of Michigan, uh, let's name the, divi- the schools in the state of Michigan. You got Michigan State. You got Michigan. You got Central Michigan. You got Michigan. I mean, uh, Western Michigan. You got Oakland. You got the University of Detroit. You got Eastern Michigan. And that's it. So you got seven opportunities to be a Division One player. Do you know how many high school basketball players are in the state of Michigan? Let's just say that these seven schools all need a guard. Say they all need a wing. Right? All seven schools. Let's take two of them out of the equation. It's five and then two. You want to say it's five and then two? Because it's two high major schools and it's five mid-major. So let's just say that the two, we're talking high major. Say the two need a wing. Those two high major schools only going to be recruiting four or five guys in the whole state. Let's look at the class of 2021. Jaden Akins, Pierre Brooks, um, I'm, 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 I'm drawing a blank, Julian Roper, and it's one more. Even still, four, you got four wings. Kobe Bufkin, these the four. Kobe Bufkin, P- Pierre Brooks, Julian Roper, Jaden Atkins. I'm guarantee you, those four guys, they're all wings. And depending on your preference, they probably all got an offer from Michigan State and Michigan. And they all can play at that level. And if they don't have an offer from that Michigan, you know, from Michigan to Michigan State, you know exactly where you where you are. That, that, That means that, oh, you like those three better than me. You like those three better than me. So if you've offered PJ, if you offer Kobe, and you've offered um, um, my man, Jaden, what the fourth guy going to think? Oh, you, you you want one of them three. You don't want me. Because that's how it works. So the other guys, the, all, the other guys that are good players, guys like Julian Lewis, guys like, uh, and, we, and that was 2020 guy, 2021, Parker Day, Julian Lewis, those mid-major guys. Those all those guys should have the same kind of offers as well. They got offers from Central West, or they should if if these guys are smart. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I, I'm I'm not quite sure if they know, but now they should all have about. Now you only got five schools that have an option for you can to get a Division One offer from five Division One schools in the state of Michigan. Five. Say all five don't need a wing. Say only two of those schools need a wing. So now you only have two options to play Division I basketball in the state of Michigan, and you wonder why they letting all these guys go. You wonder why, because there ain't a whole lot of options for that class. They might not all need a wing at the same time. So they might not offer you, and they might not get you. But what I'm telling them is their board and their depth chart need to be filled with Michigan guys. That's what I'm telling them. You need to stop letting these guys get out the state. That's what I'm telling them. Hopefully one day they'll listen. Hopefully one day they will listen. But what I'm telling you high school players is it's D1 or bust, and there's only two D1s in the state that are really an option to play at next season from the wing position. But you're a wing, and then a D2 school call you, and you want to get mad that D2 school is recruiting you. When you got one Division I offer, don't get mad. 
appreciate the fact that we want you to play at a high level. I'm going to tell you right this. I'm going to let the cat out the bag. I know way more Division II players making money overseas than mid-major D1 players, low-major to mid-major players, because those are a dime a dozen. And when you go and watch their film, some of their film ain't looking good. But then you go, you look at some D2 film, and then they have a great game against Michigan State, and it's an exhibition. They got 20 points. Like, damn, you put 20 points on uh, Michigan State? The guy guarding you was Miles Bridges. Holy crap. He in the NBA. Of course he a professor. You scored 20 on him? Hey, man, sign me up. Sign me. Send me some more film. And he started evaluating, watching me like, damn, you played Division two, but you a high-level player. I'm going to sign you. I know way more guys that went D2 and had a hell of a pro career than guys that went mid-major and low-major and tried to get overseas, and they, they didn't go play nowhere. Or they played one year, and they came back home, and now they're coaching. I'm giving you the game, man. I'm giving you the game. So high school and AAU coaches, man, I'm going to tell you, stop dissing these D2s, stop dissing these D3s, and I'm going to tell you like this, man, this is what I don't like to see. Your top player is getting recruited. What about the second guy? What about the third guy? What about the fourth guy? I've had teams where I had four, five, six guys go off and play at colleges all at different levels. But you're so focused on the guy that's D1 that the guy that could be playing in the GLIAC, you ain't even showing him no love. You ain't sending his tape out. You ain't emailing coaches about him. But you make sure that the Division I know about your best guy, whether he's Division I or not. I'm going to need coaches to, to have and make sure they're giving all their players the exposure that they need because that's what it is. But this whole high school versus AAU, man, is crap. Stop putting coaches against each other. Let's start helping each other, man. Let's start helping each other. Because if we start blaming AAU, it's not AAU. We can easily blame high school. Some of y'all still running the flex offense. I'm telling you. Why? Why are you running the flex offense? Why are you still running flex? Why are you still doing the three-man weave? Why? This stuff that people been doing for 30 years. Think they was doing a ball screen 30 years ago? Barely. That's why the Utah Jazz really good. Because people saw it was like, whoa, like, what, what are we supposed to do with this? What are we supposed to do with this, this ball screen thing? I was in college in 2000, 2001, 2002. We never read ball screen, nothing. Could you imagine? Oh, my God. I couldn't imagine a ball screen offense when I was in college. I'm sitting my shooter. I'm sitting in the corner, and I wish you would help off my guy coming off the ball screen. You either going to pick and pop with my guy Mo B or T. Wright getting a layup or you kicking it to me in the corner for a three. It had been easy money. We had been killing teams. I'm like, man, we can't guard this team off a damn ball screen action. Double high. All right, I didn't went to a whole nother place. But you get you get where I'm, what I'm laying. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying, man, just the whole high school versus AAU stuff, it needs to stop. It needs to stop. It's not AAU fault. You go to an AAU event. In the live period, it's 300 coaches there. You go to a high-level event during uh, December, Martin Luther King Classic, and it's 15 coaches there, max. 10 coaches there, max. It's on a Monday. You ain't working. Ain't no games. Why ain't 30 coaches there? Why ain't the whole glee act there? Because they got other stuff to worry about. <coughs> I'm just saying, man. 
much more stuff to worry about than blaming AAU. AAU is not to blame. Stop blaming AAU. It's your coach that knows who's the most. It's your man, Coach Cam. And I'm back, man. I had to, had to kind of go in my bag right quick. Hope it don't sound too bad. Hopefully, the people don't understand. I'm, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not mad at any coach. High school, AAU, college, I'm not. I'm just giving you my perspective because I've coached at all three levels. I'm giving you my opinion. It's my, it's my podcast. I can do that. But I do not have have any ill will toward any coaches but maybe a couple of them and they probably know exactly who they are so going forward we're going to talk about high school basketball and this past weekend had the opportunity to attend the Horatio Williams Foundation Freedom Classic and it was supposed to happen on Saturday they had snowstorms so they had to postpone it to the Monday which I had already told Horatio he should have it on Monday anyway because you get a bigger draw because ain't nobody going to work and nobody going to go to school. So they got to come to the games if you got high-level players. And this tournament had high-level players and high-level teams. You're talking about, yeah, the number one team in the, in the state, which Lake St. Mary's playing. Flint Beecher, a commit that's going to Oregon. Jalen Terry is playing. Lauren Bowman is playing. Uh, Julian Roper is playing. In the game, Ernest Sanders is committed to Kentucky. It's playing. Then you got Clarkson, Matt Nicholson. He's going to Northwestern. He's playing. Fletcher Lawyer, his brother plays at Michigan State. He's playing. He he might he's got every bit of the game that his brother got, even a little bit more. But I'm just saying, you got Detroit King that got Omar uh, Ziegler Jr. and Chauncey Willis Jr. High level prospects. You got Macomb Dakota. They got Ryan Rollins. They got Joshua Hines. I'm telling you, it's some high-level players. You got River Roots. They got Legend Jeter. They got Keyshawn Devlin. High-level players. Pierre Brooks. That's at Frederick Douglass. Xavier McClendon. That's at Frederick Douglass. Donovan People. That's at Frederick Douglass. High-level players in this event. High-level players, man. And just a couple games that I saw. Uh, I was there for the majority of the day, man. I saw a lot of games, man. And the number one team in the state went down. Orchard Lake St. Mary's got beat. They didn't score 60 points. And if they did, they just barely scored 60 points. Flint Beecher was on a tear. Jalen Terry came to play. He came to show the people of Detroit, Flint is in this thing, and I'm trying to win Mr. Basketball, and I'm going against Lauren Bowman, who was, they was both guard each other, and they was going at each other, just like they do in practice for the family. They was going at each other. They both scored 26 points. They put on a good show. They both put on a good show. It was very worth the wait. It was the last game of the night. It's 2,500 fans in there, maybe about 3,000. It's hot. It's people everywhere. The fire mouse was thinking about shutting it down. They ain't shutting it down because we got high-level players in this thing. And, and Beecher beat them, man. Beecher beat the number one team in the state. And Orchard Lake couldn't make shots. And if you can't make shots and you can't score more than 60 points, then you ain't going to win. I don't care who you playing. I don't care if you're playing Flint Beecher. I don't care if you play who you playing. You're going to have a rough night. So uh, one of the surprises on the evening was Clarkston. I didn't know Fletcher Lawyer was that good. I'm going to be honest. I did not know. I knew he had a brother that played at Michigan State, and I knew he was a good player, but I did not know that Fletcher Lawyer had game like that. He's not like his brother. He shoots it. Like at a high clip, he's more of a he's more of a combo guard, a shooting guard that can play the point. He's more combo because he handled the pressure like a champ. 
He didn't turn it over that much against Detroit King, and they're going to give you some pressure. But Fletcher Lawyer, when he was open, it was panties. It was wet. Wait, 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 wait. Boy, Fletcher Lawyer, I was very intrigued by Fletcher Lawyer. He shot the crap out the ball, scored 26, 27 points. I forget what it was. Made six threes. Fletcher Lawyer did his thing. Matt Nicholson, he's going to have to redshirt at Northwestern. He's going to have to. I'm, I'm sorry. And there are plenty of times he caught it in the post and he didn't look to score. What I had to do was one dribble, left turn, right hook. One dribble, right turn, left hook. I mean, he had 14 points, but most of that was alley-oops and putbacks. But it's back to the basket game has to improve. And I don't see him going to Northwestern and making an immediate impact. Even though in the game he played, he had 14 points and 21 rebounds. That's a lot of work right there. But Detroit King ain't really got a big like that. Omar Ziegler ain't a big. He's really a wing that's playing the big position because he's one of their bigger, taller players. But he struggled. But I was really I was really intrigued by Clarkson. Clarkson is going to make a run. You want to know why Clarkson is going to make a run? Because it's always set up for them to do so. They ain't got to play nobody. They ain't going to play nobody to the regional final. And then the regional final going to be held at Clarkson or at Holly, somewhere that's close. And they're going to pack it out, and they're still going to do well because that's how they want They want Clarkson to do well. They do. But this team is set up to make a long run because they can make shots. They take care of the ball. They pass it really well. I was really impressed by Clarkson and his concept. River Rouge, man. River Rouge played North Farmington. They just dominated for four quarters. They just tough. I mean, Division Three. River Rouge has been in the state championship game the last two years. I mean, Actually, last three years, not the state championship, but they've been to Breslin, and they'll be right back there. They're just tough, man. Legend Jeter is tough as they come. Brent Darby Jr. dominated the glass, and Keyshawn Devlin shot the crap out the ball, man. River Rouge will be there when it's all said and done. So uh, when it comes to the Horatio Williams Classic, you got some of the best players in the state. A lot of guys that's already committed to Division I schools, like Lauren Bowman, who's committed to, to Wisconsin, Taylor Terry that's committed to Oregon, Matt Nicholson that's committed to Northwestern, Ryan Rollins that's committed to Toledo. You got guys that's already committed to Division I schools. Already committed. And then you got some of the top juniors in the state. You got Pierre Brooks. You got Jaden Atkins. You got Julian Roper. You got some of the best juniors in the state. So when these teams show up, I'm looking at the roster like, oh, man, they got some players for real. For real, for real. Like, I'm going to be there. I got to go there. I got to because that's where the players are, man. So shout out to Horatio Williams and him putting on the classic, the Freedom Classic. Look forward to it next year. Horatio Williams put some of the best high school events out. In the state of Michigan, he helps out a lot of programs in the Michigan, Detroit area. I mean, the metro Detroit area. And shout out to Horatio Williams, man, because he's doing things that some of these pros need to come back in the city and do. Some of these rappers need to come back in the city to do is take care of your own. And he's getting it done. So I enjoy myself uh, watching the games this weekend. And I'm looking forward to watching more games in the future. Now. While I'm still here in my high school uh, segment, I want to talk about recruiting here a little bit. I know I did a real deep dive in recruiting, but I want to just talk about high school recruiting from a parent 
aspect, right? If you want your child to be recruited, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, here are some some keys that can help you get your student athlete recruited. The first thing that you need to do: contact your counselor right now, today, tomorrow morning. Call your counselor and say such and such. My name is Miss Williams. My son plays basketball. He's a junior here. I need access to his transcripts. And I need access to his ACT scores. And that counselor is supposed to hit you back in the email not too much longer and let you know uh, all of that information because you need that. You need that, number one. Sign your son up for the NCAA Clearinghouse. So if you don't do nothing else, if you want your son to get recruited, they have to have an NCAA ID number, you have to have the transcripts, and you have to have the test scores. Ooh, excuse me. Has to happen. That's no-brainer. It has to happen. It's got to go down like that. So make sure you get that information from your coach, from your AD, from your counselor. Make sure you have it ready and available because when a coach calls you, the very two questions they're going to ask you, how is grades, how is test scores? Those are the very two questions they're going to ask you. And you better be prepared to let them know exactly where your student athlete stands. So make sure that happens. Make sure you sign up for the NCAA clearinghouse. If you haven't done any of this, you got to do it ASAP. I don't care if you got a sophomore or a junior. It has to happen as soon as possible. The next thing that you got to do, if you want your student athlete to get recruited by colleges, go to their elite camps. The thing that, that schools are doing now, they're hosting prospect camps. They're not hosting prospect camps just to have kids on campus. They want to have some guys that they can recruit. So if you think your son is a Division I player, they need to go to Michigan Elite Camp. And if they're doing well in Michigan Elite Camp, they're going to hear from those coaches. If, they don't, if, they, if you go to Michigan Elite Camp or prospect camp and you don't hear from those coaches, they're not interested. They're not going to recruit you. But if you go to Grand Valley's prospect camp and you do well and you hear from those coaches, there it is. There's your proof. That's what you need to do. You need to go to elite camps. You need to attend their team camps if your team is able to go. And you need to be visible at their games. You need to let those coaching staff know that, hey, if I want to bring my team to a game, can I do that? I coach at uh, Detroit Public Safety Academy. Hey, Wayne State. Hey, Coach Greer. Can I bring my team to a game? Can I bring you, bring my guys to the Grand Valley game just to give them some help or just to see a college level? That's what you got to do, man. That's what you got to do. And the last thing you got to do when being proactive, if you're really proactive, say you got all the stuff. Say you got the transcript, you got the test scores, you NCAA. Now you need film. You need full game film and you need a highlight tape. You need both. You need both. The highlight tape gets you interested to watch more film. So when I get highlight tapes as a college coach, I say, man, this kid can play. Now I need, now I need to see some full game film. I want to see how he acts on the bench. I, I need to see if he runs back on defense. I need to see if he interacts with his coach. I need to see if he, if he dies on the floor for the loose ball. All the things that they're not going to show on the highlight tape. But you need both. You need a highlight tape just for the initial interest. And you need the full game film to say, all right, I know you liked my highlight tape, but bam. Here go my full game film. So you need to have all this information available. When you have all this information available, you need to email every assistant coach that you can and have a connection with. So if if I think my, my son is a Division One player, hell, email, all their emails is located on the website. Go to the website. You think that your school, your, your son can play at? 
Go to their website, look up the assistant coach, find his email, send them your stuff. And if they don't reply, then uh, you might want to try something else. And you might want to send that email again. Be proactive. Coaches, emails come to their phones now. Like, oh, man, who is this? Let me see if he can play. Press play. Boom. It's right there in the email. Like, oh, snap. This kid didn't score 40 or somebody? He got a 4.0? Who, who, who recruiting him? And then that's how it starts. That's how it starts. So, parents, be proactive in your child's recruiting because it will pay off dividends. Do not email the head coach. The head coach ain't reading your email. The assistant is. The head assistant is. The third assistant got way too much stuff going on. But make sure you're prepared when you do talk to them because they might hit you back and say, I need full game film. I need transcripts. I need test scores today just for them to be interested in one of your players. So that I just wanted to talk about that. I want to talk to parents a little bit about them being proactive in recruiting. And that's just how it works, man. And the last thing I want to talk about kind of uh, double back uh, not even double back, but. It's a part of the Martin Luther King Day Classic tip. And I want to shout out some coaches. I said on this podcast that I was going to start talking about some coaches. And there are a lot of very good black coaches in the state of Michigan that are coaching high school basketball. A lot of them. Vast majority of them need to start getting some credit. They do. And it's up to people like me to give them some credit. So I'm going to shout out some of the some of the top coaches in the state of Michigan, top black coaches, young, getting it done, maybe old and experienced. But there's some guys out here that's getting it done, man. So shout out to Keith Guy at Muskegon that's getting guys in school like Vernon Nash and Jarvis Walker. Every year he's got one or two guys, Sadir uh, Ware that's at Northwood. He's getting guys in school, man. And, and, it, and it takes a lot to get a guy in the school. That means they have to be qualified. They have to have grades. You have to have transcript. Keith God does a great job in Muskegon. Ramsey Nichols does a great job at Kalamazoo Central. George Ward does a great job at King. Steve Hall does an absolute phenomenal job at Detroit Cast Tech. Every year, he's got college-level players. Mike Williams does a great job at Flint Beecher. Juan Rickman does an outstanding job at Ferndale, formerly of East English Village. Julian Taylor does an outstanding job at Saginaw High. Outstanding, right? Mike Thomas does an outstanding job at Grand Blank. Bo Neely does an outstanding job at Detroit Edison. Ron Young does a great job at Wayne Memorial. And I don't talk uh, girls basketball, but Jarvis Walker does a great job at Wayne Memorial getting girls into school. And I can go on. I can talk about the McDowell's at Detroit Western. I can talk about Steve Brooks that's at Ypsilanti. It's a lot of great high school coaches in the state of Michigan. You need to start giving them credit. And some of these mid-majors in the state or low majors or D3s or D2s, and you have an opening on your roster, you need to start considering some of these coaches. Mike Thomas was at Albion. I'm just saying, he went back-to-back state champion, and started coaching at Alpine. There are some great coaches in the state of Michigan, especially black coaches. A lot of them coach in Flint and Saginaw 
in Detroit, in the metro Detroit area. You need you need to start giving due to what's being done in the metro Detroit area. In some of these inner cities, you got a lot of great coaches, man. A lot. So I tip my hat off to you guys. We talk about AAU coaches. We talk about high school coaches. There's a lot involved that goes involved in coaching high school basketball. And I want to let you guys know that I appreciate you. I do. Because at the end of the day, I know you only make it three, four, five, six thousand dollars at the end of the season. When you done already spent that money on the guys driving around, going to team camps, going to summer leagues, buying McDonald's, buying Subway, uh, hot and ready's here. I salute you guys, man. I salute you guys on MLK weekend on my birthday, even though it's getting released the day after my birthday. I salute you guys. And I know it's probably a bunch of coaches that I didn't name. It's not that I have any ill will against any other coaches. I just, these were the coaches that were fresh on my mind at the time. But I salute all, all my coaches in the state of Michigan. And please get on the MHSAA before you start getting on the AU. But I'm your coach that knows who's the most, Coach Cam, and I'm a holla at my high school sec. It's your coach that knows who's the most, man, Coach Cam, and we signing off, man. I kind of went in on the AAU high school tip, so I appreciate you staying around for the long episode. I don't even know how long the episode is right now. I just know I went in. I already know. I was in my bag. I was in my bag for that one. Uh, but what we had, I had fun this week, man. Happy birthday to myself. I'm like the guy that, that sneezes and says, oh, bless me. I'm that guy. I'm that guy. But it's all good, man. Somebody got to be in a good mood uh, for the 2020 to have positive vibes. We talking hoops, man. I'm glad you enjoyed this episode. We got a lot of hoops to cover coming forward. So pay attention, man. I had a pull-up pod. Make sure you follow me on Facebook. Uh, because I might pull up and I might stream the whole game. So the Orchard Lake Flint Beecher game, I did the pull up podcast where I just recorded. I just went live and I just started doing my commentary on the game because it was a great game. It was high level players, high level coaches, and it was a great game, man. So shout out to all my high school coaches in the thick of things. Shout out to my college coaches in the thick of things, in the recruiting, getting things done. And I'm your coach that knows who's the most. It's my birthday and I'm signing off. For the 2020 episode 7, I'ma holla at y'all, man. Peace. He's that dude, too cool, so smooth with the hoop news. Every week we talking hoops, this is season two. So buckle up for this ride, that's what you need to do. Cause we talking hoops, yeah.